Catherine Lavelle, Season 1, Episode 3, How Children Learn. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the foundations, the basics of what I think that you need to know in order to understand how children learn and how to start implementing education in your home, whether it is supplemental education to whatever is happening in whatever school your child is attending, or whether it is the sum total of their education, you are homeschooling, and maybe even unschooling, you still need to understand how children learn. Uh, and not just children, this is really people. I say children because that's what we're really talking about, um, but it applies to everyone. So a lot of this is gonna seem basic, but at the same time, it's things that people forget to remember. And that's why we're talking about it. Such as this first section, um, first we're gonna talk about when children are ready to learn. Children are ready to learn when they are, and people, <laughs> when they are rested, they are fed, and they are emotionally regulated. Pushing a child to try to get their homework done at 10 o'clock at night is not helping anyone. It is much better to not do the assignment and to get the rest. Having them wait to eat their snack until after they do their work is not helping anyone. They need to eat. They can't learn if they're not eating. If they're saying they're hungry, feed them. Even if you think they're using it as an out, it's better to just feed them and move on from there. Um, and emotionally regulated. If they are feeling overwhelmed, stressed, um, anxious, maybe there's something else going on in their life even that is preoccupying their thoughts, they're going to have a much harder time learning. So spending some time helping them to feel calm and relaxed in whatever way works best for you. I'm not gonna get into that too much right now, but whatever it is that works, um, whether you guys have a mindfulness practice or going for a walk or playing a video game or listening to a read aloud or whatever it is, taking the time for a child to be emotionally regulated um, is very beneficial. In this season of our lives, um, January of 2021, we are, in a pandemic still, and it is a stressful world. And the kids are still feeling that stress. So keep in mind that when that stress is being felt, a lot less learning can happen. So anything you can do to reduce the stress level in your home, in yourself, will also help to reduce it in your child. And everyone will be able to learn better and be in more <laughs> more enjoyable day. Um, okay, so the next section that I want to talk about is engagement. A child's engagement in their learning has basically two, two parts to it. Um, really, it's one. It, to me, it's like just the interest part, which can come from it being really fun. But I put that fun as separate because it's just, it's, a, it's something to really good to keep in mind that whatever you can do to make learning fun, whatever you're trying to teach them feel fun, is great. If you think about um, even something like cleaning up all their toys can be fun if you put the right spin on it. And I'm not talking about like who's going to pick up the most toys, like making it into a contest, but which sometimes can be helpful. I prefer if you're going to do that, I prefer um, not doing contests against people, but against like the clock. How fast can we all get this cleaned up? Like we're all working together. It's a teamwork thing. Slight mindset shift there. Um, sorry for the tangent. 
but using a funny voice can also make it fun and engaging. Pretending that something is happening, that, you know, you're saving the blocks from the monster that's about to get them, whatever it is, making it fun can help. Um, so that's like with a chore, but it, the same thing applies with whatever you're doing. Making the math fun and engaging because you are using Lego to work out the math problem or um, you're doing it outside or anything. Even just your own vibe around it has a huge difference in whether or not it's fun. If you are coming at it with, you need to sit down and listen and we need to work on this. This is really important. I need you to pay attention. There is no fun in that. Your child does not hear, this is important, I need to pay attention, and they're not gonna like suddenly start paying attention. They're like, this is miserable, I don't want to do this. Whereas if you go, we are gonna do something that is so much fun today, let's do fractions! And you're super excited about it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is like the best, I love fractions. I can't wait to show you fractions, and we're gonna do it with cookies, and we're gonna do it with Lego, and we're gonna do it, this is gonna be so much fun. I just am so excited that we're starting fractions today. Okay, okay, okay. Right, like maybe that's a little over the top for you. It's a little over the top for me sometimes. <laughs> to be honest, I don't always have that like super high peppy energy, but just even being lighthearted about it, like, or relaxed about it, all of that can make something fun, engaging, and not feel like stressful. And then the other part of that um, is interest. You need your child to be interested in what they're doing. So you need to be thinking about topics that interest them. You're basing their education about what topics are of interest to them. Is your child super interested in trains? Then just make everything about trains. Read all the train books, write about trains, do math about trains, everything. Make it all about trains. That's easy, whatever, right? Whatever topic your child is interested in, use that as a way to bring the interest and engagement. Um, and we'll definitely get into this in future episodes, but I really wanna just focus on use topics that are interesting to them and also your own interests. If you're interested in something, that's gonna help make them be a little bit interested in it, depending on their current um, attitude towards your interest. Sometimes they're like, I don't care, that's your thing, I don't wanna do it. Okay, then they don't, and that's fine. Um, do something else. Also, taking them places, if you weren't in lockdown, then, or watching a show that has that connection, it builds that interest and that engagement. If they were never interested in, I'm just thinking about sea life, if they were never interested in about the ocean, I, I'm a huge, huge ocean fan, um, sea life particularly, I just love it. I'm a scuba diver, I, I'm all about it, right? If my child was not interested in it because they never experienced it and we're in a lockdown, I might be showing some ocean videos, some sea life videos, not for the purpose of teaching them something particular about sea life, but just to see if it gets their interest and to share my interest. And if they're not interested, that's okay. If they do become interested, I might use that and go further with it. Like, did you know that for scuba diving, you have to calculate how long you can be underwater. And these are the factors that are involved. And this is, you know, how the air pressure works. And this is, there's a lot of math in scuba diving, believe it or not. If you're a scuba diver, you probably know that already. Um, and if you are, I love it. I'm a scuba diver. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about with, uh, the next section I want to talk about is best ways to learn. 
the best ways for a child to learn is, is by being actively involved in their education. If you look up, I talked about this in the last episode, there's a, there's a visual called the learning pyramid and I've reproduced it. Um, so if you want to take a look at it, go to decodinglearningdifferences.com and take a look. It's, it's not the end all be all. I'm not saying that it's the, um, absolute 100% truth for every single person. It's various studies have shown in general that children, people, really it's not children, it's, it was more adults, um, that were studied as I understand, like college level. Lecture, you retain 5% of what you've heard in a lecture. You retain 10% of what you've read. You retain 20% of an auditory visual combination. You hear it, you see it, 20%. 30% from a demonstration of what you're trying to learn. So much better. So you'll see there that the more modalities that are involved in learning, the more a child learns. But they learn much more than that if they are participating in their education through discussion, practicing it by doing it, teaching it to others. This is how children actually learn. People actually learn. 90% of what you teach to someone else, you will remember. So if you're really trying to remember something, or you really want your kid to remember something, then you or your child need to be the one that's teaching it. Whoever's trying to remember it or needs to remember it should be teaching it. If you want your kid to memorize those math facts, have them teach their dolls the math facts. Have them teach their, come up, have them come up with a way to remember them so that the dog will remember their math facts. See if they can get their dog to remember, right? Whatever it is, the neighbor, even an older sibling, have the, the younger sibling quiz them. And really you might want the younger sibling to be the one remembering it, but the older sibling can be like practicing it as a way for the younger sibling to be teaching it. Um, math facts in general, I wouldn't focus too much on, but that was just an example. Um, this is a lot better with more conceptual ideas, understanding what multiplication is in general, teaching that to others so that you understand what is multiplication really, the more a child does to show that, to do that, to be physically involved in it, all the modalities. So the best ways for someone to learn is multimodal. Discovery, figuring things out for themselves, being actively involved, teaching others. It is all about participatory education, being participatory in their own education. And then when does education happen? Education happens not at, oh, you need to, you know, have two hours in the morning and then you can do another two hours after lunch. And that's a really good system, right? Some people are like, this is our schedule for homeschooling and you should, this is, it works really well for us. Well, it might work really well for them and it might work terribly for you. It doesn't matter. Yes, you should keep in mind when your child learns best, um, and use those times as like your focus times for when you're going to really focus in on working on a math concept or a reading concept, depending on how you're structuring your educational system, whether it's um, in supplement to public school or traditional school or all homeschool or even unschool, you decide how that works. Keeping in mind when your child best focuses is definitely important 
But ultimately, your child is learning all day, every day, everywhere. Your child is always learning all day long. So if you are trying to get them to just leave you alone until it's time for them to do school and you're handing them your phone to just browse on YouTube, they're learning during that time. So you might want to be very mindful of how you're having them spend that time because that's still educational time. 100% of their waking hours are educational in some way. Now, obviously, they don't all have to be academically educational, but your child is learning whether you wanted them to learn that thing or not. So you, I would encourage you to be very intentional about how you're having your child spend that time and how you want your child to be interacting with their environment. Um, so all day, every day. So Sundays, you might not be doing school, your child is still learning and everywhere, whether you're at home or you're at a museum or you're at the park or you're at Disneyland, whenever it opens again, <laughs> you are, your child is learning and you can be using those opportunities to actually have a lot of organic, natural engagement and learning happen. You can reinforce math skills that maybe they were struggling with or that you just want some extra practice with throughout their day. If my child was working on adding fractions with unlike denominators, I would be coming up with looking, I should say, not, not necessarily, coming up with looking for opportunities to do that throughout their day. That's just kind of a natural part of their day. So as we are cleaning, I'm gonna be looking for a where, what fraction could I call this? What fraction could I call this? And how can they visually see that those two pieces are the same. Um, there, I would be looking at how to do it with cooking, how to do it while I'm doing laundry, how to do it while I'm reading them books. You know, maybe we're looking at these number of books have this fraction, this book number of books have this fraction. How would I add those fractions together? How would I come up with a like denominator? All of that. I would try to incorporate as much as that of that as I could into my day naturally. Um, while we're waiting in line at Disneyland, I might be pointing out fractions of people and adding those together. I might be pointing out fractions on a wall of bricks while we're standing in line. Um, we go to the park and we might be talking about fractions of trees or fractions of birds, right? I'm going to be trying everything I can looking for those opportunities to just incorporate it into their day. Now, not to the point where they're like, just stop with the fractions. If we got to that point, we've gone too far. Respect the request that you stop with the fractions. <laughs> but, but also don't be quizzing them. It doesn't have to be a quiz to be helpful. You can be like looking and thinking like, I wonder if I could find a way to show fractions or what fraction of people do I see there? It looks like there's five people. Two of them are wearing hats. So two fifths of those people are wearing hats. And then over there, there's three fifths of those, right? Like you're just talking and observing and your kid might be like, stop with the fractions. Still, they might say that and that's fine too. Just stop with the fractions. But they might get involved or interested or engaged. So do what you can to make it engaging, but also respect their wishes because if you're forcing it, no one's learning. 
this has been a lot of information about how children learn. We will get deeper into all of this in the future. Um, but this is some of the most foundational stuff that I really want you to understand so that your child can be successful in learning at home in whatever other, regardless of what type of education they are receiving. Um, I would strongly encourage you to go to decodinglearningdifferences.com and get on the wait list for the online courses that will be coming up very soon. Memberships will be coming up. Get on the wait list. There's extra bonuses for those who are on the wait list. Decodinglearningdifferences.com. You'll also have handouts for various um, episodes of the podcast and a video version if you'd rather look at a video version. So this has been Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, Season 1, Episode 3, How Children Learn.